Welcome to the Ladies Power Lunch Podcast with Dr. Davia Shepard, a resource for women in business, presenting a wide range of topics exploring professional growth and personal development. And now, Dr. Davia Shepard. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Grow Your Business Smarter, Live Your Optimal Life TV show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, I have a very, very special guest back by popular demand. Welcome back, Teresa. We're so, so glad that you're here with us. So Teresa Nat is an outstanding member of our Ladies Power Lunch community. And for those of you who are not members of our community as yet, we do absolutely welcome you. Let me just give you a little bit of a backstory. So maybe about 11 years ago, I was struggling in my practice. And so I reached out to six women and we had lunch and we realized that in supporting each other, we actually were able to grow all our businesses. And out of that was born this just free movement of women who have come together in an organic way to support each other and support each other's business. It's completely free. We're a Facebook group. We meet for summits. We meet for monthly meetings. We meet for retreats. We do group publishing projects together. We do all sorts of fun things together to really get together and grow each other's businesses. And so Teresa is an amazing member of our community, and we're just coming from the Ladies Power Lunch Fall Summit, and she was one of our authors on our newest publication, the Ignite Your Leadership Anthology, which is an anthology of stories of triumph, which talk about how to ignite your, invite abundance, increase your income, and how to impact the world, how to expand your reach and increase your income. So, Teresa, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. And will you share with everybody who you are and just the amazing things that you are doing in the world? Sure. So, I am Teresa, and I'm the owner of Teresa Net Studio. I am a brand photographer and videographer, so I help women entrepreneurs and small businesses really tell their story and get visible so they can help the people that truly need their help and they can make the impact that they want to make on the world. So Teresa, tell us a little bit about how you came to do brand photography how was that? How did that become a part of what your offerings are? So it's really kind of funny how the universe just throws us in the direction we need to go in. I worked for another photographer for about 10 years. And at that time, brand photography wasn't a thing yet. Um, newborn photography was actually like all the rage and everybody was doing that. Uh, and she, her business, primarily we did like high school seniors, families, um, not really weddings, but it, there came to a point where I moved and it was time to move on and I really couldn't work for her anymore. So I decided to go off on my own. And at the 
the very beginning, I kind of dabbled in a few things. Like I did some weddings, but I didn't really like those. I did some families, but that really wasn't my thing. And then I had someone ask me to do some photos for her business. And I was like, oh, this, this is what I want to do because not only have I grown up in a family of small business owners, my dad owned a business, his brother owned a business. Um, so it's kind of like in my blood, but I feel like it really is like the backbone of our, you know, our culture, our society, small businesses kind of run the world. And I really wanted to help other small business owners make the impact that they sought out to make. And I found brand photography was the perfect way to do that. And then eventually incorporating the video aspect, which I've always loved creating videos. I've been making them ever since I was like a kid. And I had my dad's like giant VHS camcorder on my shoulder. Those were the days. So it's been so much fun and I just love getting to be creative and really seeking the essence and the story of each individual person and making sure that they stand out and I, and they're not blending in with others because everybody, you could have 10 Reiki practitioners and they're all going to do it differently. And they're all going to bring a different spin to the table. And to me, that's the important part of my job is capturing their story and how they do things different. That's that's really interesting. So just curious, when you were little tiny Teresa, what did little tiny Teresa want to do when she grew up? Little tiny Teresa wanted to go to Hollywood and make movies. She wanted to be a director. That was her goal. Um, so yes, it's always been in the back burner the the that drive to want to tell stories and the drive to do it in a visual way so how did you along your path as you went through school and that sort of thing how did you feed that desire what was what was the path that you ended up taking it's again like the universe drove me to the path i needed to take because in high school, my parents kind of shut that idea down. They're like, we're not paying for that. Like, you're not going to go to school and do that because you're going to end up living in a box. Because like, and I, I get where they were coming from. They were trying to be realistic. Um, and that in the end was not the most realistic goal. So for a long time, I kind of stumbled and I didn't, I was directionless and I gave up all of that. Like I didn't touch it. I didn't make videos. I didn't take pictures, none of it until I got the job working for the other, for, for the photographer. And then I started to learn more and get more invested in it and get really excited by what I was learning. And then technology, it evolved in a sense that, you know, we carry in our pockets video cameras now, and we carry the capability. I mean, I can shoot and edit videos on my phone now. Like it's just crazy. And 10 years ago, like the, the cost of the equipment and the software was just so much that your average person, like just couldn't, couldn't really invest in that kind of thing. Um, but at the time, even working for her, like Photoshop, I could edit videos in Photoshop. So it all kind of came back into my life. And to me, that was the signal that like, this is what I'm meant to do because it keeps finding me again and again. 
So there might be people who are out there who've had long-standing dreams, who have the creativity that you have, who may feel maybe thwarted or feel like their dreams are just never, ever going to be realized. Now that you're living your dream and you're doing it in a way that is so supportive of the community, perhaps a way that you hadn't imagined, because it's not Hollywood, but it's definitely bringing out the star quality in the entrepreneurs that you're working with. I've seen your your work. I saw a video that you worked on recently, and I was like, oh my goodness, this looks just like a movie. What would you have to say to people who are going through their own difficulties right now with struggling through embracing their creativity and making it a part of the work that they do? I mean, oh boy, do I feel that pain. I feel it so deep in my soul because the past, I mean, that's been my past 15 years of living has been that struggle of trying to find ways to incorporate my creativity. And there is a part of it that we hold on to those dreams so tightly that we forget sometimes we need to loosen the reins just a little bit. And our dreams, when they come to us, they might take a slightly different shape or form than we originally wanted them to, but that doesn't mean that's a bad thing. Like, yeah, I wanted to go to Hollywood, but Now, as I'm older, looking at it, I'm like, this is so much better than Hollywood. Because look at, I mean, Hollywood is like a sham now. Everything's a remake of something and it's all corporate. And I feel like the creativity that the directors used to have, they don't have that anymore. They're kind of just, you know, they're just holding out for the whims of the, the share owners and all that stuff. So like, I get to have true creative control. Like I get to do everything I want to do. And I don't have like some corporate honcho telling me, no, you can't do that. So yeah, my dream came to me differently, but it's so much better than I ever could have imagined. So I think sometimes you have to kind of let go a little bit and see what comes back and it may take a different shape, but that doesn't mean it's not it's not worth pursuing just because it's not exactly what you thought you wanted at the beginning. Cause sometimes we don't know exactly what we want. So the universe kind of provides us the nudge. And I think it's important to take it, even though you may feel unsure in the moment. So you're saying, are you saying that we need to be more open to what the universe is actually saying to us, perhaps listening more closely to the messages. Is that what you're? Yes. I said that in a very roundabout way that was very eloquently put, but yes, I think we need to (laughs) spend a little bit more time slowing down and like seeing what is presented to us instead of getting so wrapped up in this, it needs to be this way kind of ideology. Um, Cause sometimes that holds us back and we don't see what's what's there in front of us. We don't see the possibilities. I think that's a wonderful message, Teresa. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful message for every single one of us. One of my favorite mentors, Dr. Deepak Chopra, he talks about remaining detached from outcome. Being, of course, you know, 
open to having desire, but remaining detached from the outcome, because sometimes the way that the universe is going to deliver things to us, we would not have imagined that route. And certainly the way that you are working with your clients, it's magical. It's absolutely magical. Again, I I remember seeing one of the very first videos that I saw you do, which was how you popped onto my radar. One of my collaboration partners, Elizabeth Hill, you did a video with her and Elizabeth is amazing. She's wonderful at what she does. She is the owner of Greenheart Living Press, and she publishes our anthologies and our solo books that we do through Ladies Power Lunch. And you did a video just exploring the work that she does, sort of like a little mini documentary. And I have to say, it was it was amazing. It really, really was outstanding. And that's when I knew who Teresa now was. That's that's when I knew who Teresa Nat was. And every single time that I've seen your videos and photos subsequently, it has given the people who I consider the healers, the leaders, the gurus, the teachers, the people who have a message to share with the world, that a story that needs to be told, you're giving them this vehicle to share this message in a way that they probably wouldn't be seen and heard so easily. So I think it's it's pretty awesome what you're doing. And I think that, sorry, Hollywood, you guys missed your chance. <laughs> we've got Teresa now. So <laughs> Teresa, we've invited you here today because you are a co-author in our most recent best-selling publication, Ignite Your Leadership. And yes, I know this is my bound galley and it has all my, my tabs and all my underlines and highlights because yes, I've been reading through the stories are outstanding. Ignite Your Leadership came out of an idea that leadership is not your grandfather's idea of leadership anymore. Leadership is looking very different now. And if you are the kind of person who does the kind of work that uplifts others in any way, then you, my friend, and you, my friend, and you, my friend, are a leader. And so we invited all our friends in Ladies Power Law and say, hey, would you like to participate in this upcoming anthology? And quite a few of our friends, including Teresa, raised their hands and they came and they participated. And Teresa was one of our friends who participated in the chapter that was in the section of the book that was about leaders who never really saw themselves as being leaders. But it turns out that by my definition, of what a leader is, they actually are leaders. So Teresa, can you share with me why participating in this anthology ended up being something that you did and why it's meaningful for you? 
I remember when you announced, I believe it was at the spring summit, what the concept of this book was going to be. And immediately I was like triggered by it and triggered in a good way um, by the, the concept and the title, because I too, I think we all have seen that leadership has changed and what that word means has changed and the kind of people we view as leaders, like those that's all changed. And I think it's changed for the better. So I was really excited and I wanted to participate in that because I feel it in my soul, the importance of recognizing people who wouldn't, we normally wouldn't recognize them as leaders because maybe they're shy maybe they're anxious and but what they have to say and the ideas they have to help the world are just as powerful and just as worthy of being heard so i think i was so struck by the concept and i knew i wanted to participate because i i feel that message so so deep inside my soul um that i knew this was a a definite thing i needed to be a part of how was the process of participating in the anthology for you? How was it? That was awesome. I mean, I am not the best writer in the world, but the guidance of the team and, um, you know, having the meeting, like we have the meetings and like just the overall, like the structure and the support I got along the way was so valuable. I mean, it's a daunting idea to go into it. Like, oh my God, I have to write this chapter and all these people I don't know are going to read it. But once I got immersed into the whole thing and I just, it just was so amazing. And like I said, the support of the team and the meetings and just the the correspondence and the helpful tips and all of that, it was so, so valuable. And it really took the pressure off and I, I really didn't end up worrying about it anymore, worrying that my chapter wouldn't be good enough or anything, because I knew it was being looked at by people who truly, truly cared about what's going in this book, and they were going to give me the guidance I needed. Yeah, that's that's so true. I really do trust the editing team that Elizabeth has put together, because they really do a good job with editing the stories and making sure that what you bring out is your very best, even if writing is not your strong suit. If taking pictures and making videos is your strong suit, then leave the writing to the editors and you tell them the stories and they'll help you put it all together. So you talk a little bit in your chapter about your experience back in elementary school. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Yes. So, and it's so funny when you announced the title of this book, this, that was the story that popped immediately into my head Mm -hmm. and in first grade and pretty much all through elementary school, I, I was so shy and so anxious as a child that even the, the thought of having to go up in front of the class and sharpen my pencil because the pencil sharpener was at the front of the room So people could see me sharpening my pencil. It was absolutely terrifying. It was a terrifying thought to me. So I would use my pencils so that the lead actually was, the wood of the pencil was longer than the lead of the pencil. Like that's how much I would wear them down because I would not want to get up in front of the class to sharpen my pencil. (laughs) 
Yeah. But then you say that, you know, you have these qualities of shyness, quietness, and empathy, and that they have served you really, really well, as you have embarked in this career of basically photojournalism, working with your our, our very own entrepreneurs who are part of our community. Tell us a little bit more about how these qualities, which might have you might have thought of as a child as something to be denigrated, you have actually now embraced as a part of making your business even better. Definitely. I mean, I think growing up, a lot of a lot of us shy kids and anxious kids, like we were told that those were bad things. We don't we shouldn't be shy and we should be more outgoing and more talkative and whatnot. But I have found that it's my skills as a listener that make my work so good because I know when to be quiet and I know when to listen. And I am very much an empathetic person. I feel it's like I have a an X-Men power, but it's like the worst power ever because I can feel everybody's feelings all the time. So when someone tells a story, I can feel if it excites them or if it saddens them or, or whatever. And that those feelings really dictate the work itself too, because depending on the, the, the story we're telling, I want those emotions in the story because we truly connect with emotions. If you can make somebody feel something, oh my God, it is so, so powerful. And that will stay with them forever. And they will remember how they felt when they watch that video or when they saw that clip or when they, whether it made them laugh or cry, cry tears of joy, sadness, whatever. I mean, those ACPCA commercials with the dogs. Oh my God. They get me every time I start like bawling, but like, I know they know how to grab your heart. And that is a skill. And that is something that I feel is a really powerful way to, to reach people. So to be able to use empathy and to be able to use my skills of being quiet and observing and listening have really, really served me well in the work I do. So give us an example of how using empathy in your business has actually been beneficial. So I think like even with Liz Hill's um, video, when we talked about the concept of the video, I always talk about the concept. And I think this this kind of goes back to what we said about letting go. There's always an, an idea of what the video is going to be when we go into it. And it always ends up being different in the end. But that day, I had I had pictured something a little bit more, I can't think of the word, like straight edge. It was a little, almost a little bit more corporate-y in the feeling of that video, like very solid and rigid. And when we got together that day with, you know, you were there, Christy Sullivan, um, Gina, we had a couple people all meet together. And oh, there was yes, I remember that day. Yes. And there was an energy there. There was, so, and I, we, we captured you guys talking and you guys were, I, you were just kind of chit-chatting and talking about some books and things, but the energy that I picked up on, like the excitement and the collaboration, I was like, no, this is what's going to drive this video is those 
clips to me were the most powerful thing we captured that day because of the just the feel of them and the energy and the, the your reactions to each other. And it just felt so powerful. So that ended up kind of dictating the video for me when I put it together. And it wasn't as like rigid and corporate and it ended up having this softer feel to it, which I think completely works so much better than what I had envisioned to begin with. But it was really being able to, to pick up on that feeling of that day when you guys were all together, like in your zone, your, your zone of genius, like doing you. And it was just so powerful to see. Yes. I re- I do remember that day. Now that you mentioned it, it was a very magical day to just all be together. And I don't even think that we remembered that we were shooting a video. I think we all just felt like, oh, we get to hang out together. We hardly see each other because I think we were just like at the end of COVID and we were seeing each other again for the first time and it was it was really nice to get together again so thanks for that reminder that's awesome so as entrepreneurs what advice do you have for us as we try to incorporate more empathy and more of that compassion into our businesses to grow our businesses I think still one of the biggest things you can do for yourself and your business is to be seen. And it breaks my heart when I hear people say that's vain or that's narcissistic because it's not. You are the face of your business and people want to do business with you. And if your goal is to really get out there and, you know, change the world or help other people, then it's almost like a duty. It's like your your duty to be heard and seen and connect with people because people connect with people. So mm-hmm. throwing up random quotes that aren't yours and random stock photos that aren't yours, it's people don't connect with that. We recognize that that's almost like a wall that you're putting up. People recognize stock photos now. They recognize stock videos. They know it's not real, like your stuff. So it's so important to be seen so that people can really connect with you and then they will connect with your message more. Very, very true. As always, right before our show, just right before we get started, I pull a card and I pull a card because I think it's a nice thought for the week, a nice little way for us to have something that can be a touchstone, something that can give us something to bounce, a good bouncing off place. And it's interesting because at our last summit, one of our presenters was inviting us to take more notice of the animals around us. And I pulled this card and I hardly ever noticed the animals around us. And I pull this card with the owl, be the hunter, not the hunted. But the message on it is so clear, Teresa. It's so clear, I feel, for all of us as entrepreneurs as we go into the end of 2022 and into 2023 growing our businesses. It says, it's from, by the way, if anybody wants to take a look look at it, the Alana Fairchild Sacred Rebels Oracle deck, if you happen to have this one, my favorite deck by far. This is a powerful time for you, no matter how seemingly small 
or how apparently dramatic events around you appear to be, know that you're stepping into a new phase of empowerment. From that place, a new freedom and self-love will emerge. Mother Nature offers you the wisdom medicine of the owl, the ability to hear what is not spoken and to see what is hidden in darkness. Trust what you feel beyond appearances. This is what you were just talking about, Teresa, trusting your instincts, trusting your intuition. The power and the magic of the owl is working with you and Mother Nature is by your side, assisting you in navigating the current life transition into a new way of being. I love this all so much. Ladies, this has been such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful conversation. And Teresa, this is the reason why people keep asking you back, because I think they sense your compassion through the lens of our Zoom camera. Can you share with everybody how they can connect with you? Of course. So my uh, website is teresanat.com. So T-E-R-E-S-A-H-N-A-T.com. And the, the social media platform I'm most active on is Instagram. So my handle is at Teresa Nat Studio, but you can find me on Facebook at Teresa Nat Studio and also LinkedIn, um, just Teresa Nat. But again, Instagram is the platform I'm the most active on. And I do have a YouTube channel, but I don't yet have 100 subscribers because I'm not as active there. Um, so I don't have like a custom link. It's just a bunch of jargon. <laughs> So I'm not going to spew that out. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And I'll see you guys on the next show, won't we? I hope we will. Thank you for joining us. Find out more at our website, www.ladiespowerlunch.com. And find us on YouTube at youtube.ladiespowerlunch.com. This is a production of the LPL Podcast Network.